Well, as the children are leaving, if you could turn to your Bibles, Philippians chapter 2, verses 19 to 30, and that's the Bible passage this morning. <clears throat> Philippians 2, 19 <clears throat> to 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I may also be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. For everyone looks out for his own interests, not those of Christ Jesus. But you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I will be confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, who was also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died. But God had mercy on him and not on him only, but also on me to spare my sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him so that when you see him again, you may be glad and I may have less anxiety. Welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor men like him because he almost died for the work of Christ, risking his life to make up for the help you could not give me. Let me ask you a question this morning before we get into this morning's sermon. Is there anybody in your life that has made a positive difference upon you? Who are those people in your lives that have invested and cared for you that has made a positive difference? Just for one minute, have a think. You see, the chances are those people who've made the biggest difference in our lives are probably those who care the most for us in our lives. I don't know who they could be, perhaps a special teacher that you had growing up or your parents. I remember as a child, uh, on my street, there was a man at the end of the road and he had a, a wood workshop. And on a Saturday morning, he would open up his garage, his, his garage, and he would allow the children in the neighborhood to go in and build little wooden toys. I don't know why he did that, but we did. And I'll never forget that. Who are the people in your life that have made a positive difference for you? You see, this morning we're going to be looking at two people who made a positive difference for the Apostle Paul. And in our lives, we all need somebody that cares for us. Even the Apostle Paul, as he preached the gospel, even the Apostle Paul, this great 
evangelist, even the Apostle Paul, who wrote half of the New Testament and we all look towards, even the Apostle Paul needed special people who cared for him and supported him in the gospel. And I'm thinking of others, you know, like Silas or Barnabas. There are Priscilla and Aquila. But this morning, we're going to be focusing on two people, Timothy and Epaphroditus. You see, earlier in chapter 2, Paul presented Jesus as the example in which we were to live our lives. He says, our attitude should be the same of Christ Jesus in chapter 2, verse 5. And then he goes on and lists the attributes and the character of Christ. What a tall order that is. We looked at last week in order for us to model Christ. But even Paul, Paul says himself, you know, imitate me as I imitate Christ. And I think, how, how do I imitate the apostle Paul? What a guy he is. But Paul, in his wisdom, says it is possible. And he lists two ordinary people who make a big difference uh, in Paul's life. He encourages by saying, even ordinary people like Timothy and Epaphroditus can emulate, can live the life of Christ. And in doing so, in living out the life of Christ, they make a huge difference. My wife there was, sorry, the kid, the direct, um, the, the kid's own director. <laughs> Be professional. She said that over the years, we've been investing in those little kids. And she said there that the money and the support and the letters that have gone out to those children have sown seeds in their lives and they're going to grow up and be doctors and, and start caring for other people. Wow, what a difference. A nickel. Oh, do you have nickels in this? Yeah, what a difference in nickel. Or a... a a, a, a loony who can make or a letter or care in one person's life. Those small differences can make huge, big impacts around us. And I want to encourage us this morning that if we accept Jesus Christ in our lives, Jesus changes our lives and in doing so, we can all make a difference in a very simple and practical way and by how we care for other people. This morning, we're going to be looking at these two men, Timothy and Epaphroditus, who exemplify the Christ-like qualities Paul spoke of earlier. The Lord is our model of how we should, should live, and Timothy and Epaphroditus are model Christians. They are the proof that the gospel is real. So why do it? Why would you give up your life? Why would you change your life and your comfort to do what they, these guys are doing. It's because the gospel is real. Why else work so hard and suffer and face suffering and persecution? It's because the gospel is real. Jesus is real. Jesus changes lives. But we can't do it in our own strength. We learned that last week. This is the second lesson. Christ not only shows us the way, he is the way. He not only commands us to go and live likewise like him and the Apostle Paul, and, but he invites us into himself. He comes to us by his spirit and empowers us to live self 
sacrificial lives, putting others first. Love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your might and love others as yourself. That's the, that's the rule. That's what Jesus commands us to do. And Timothy and Paphroditus model that example. So who is Timothy that we look at in verse 19? I'm gonna, I hope the Lord, um, I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon. Who is Timothy? Timothy is first found in the book of Acts 16, verse 1. Paul goes to um, the area there, Derby and Lystra, and he finds this man, Timothy, who's been raised up by his grandmother. And his mother, Eunice, his father was a Greek. His mother was a Jewish uh, convert, and she, she raised him up in the way of the Lord. And the book is even written... Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, they write to you. And so Timothy is Paul's right-hand man in many ways. Timothy goes on to be Paul's companion and follows Paul wherever he goes on his missionary journeys. His name literally means one who honors God. And the way he lived his life out is definitely to his namesake. He's been honoring God in whatever he's been doing. He plants churches. I imagine planting a church is a pretty hard deal. But then he continues to plant churches. I imagine pastoring a church is a pretty tough job to do. Not yet, but other churches. But he does that. He pastors churches and continues to do that. He puts himself behind serving other people. He continues to raise up men and women to serve churches. And he leaves that city and he goes on to the next city and he starts all over again. This is Timothy. Why would Timothy do this? Why would somebody in their mind give up everything, a comfortable life, you know, a nine to five job, Perhaps, you know, your Sunday afternoons of mowing the lawn and watching the, uh, your ice hockey or whatever you do on a Sunday afternoon, right? Why would you give up those comforts to go and, and suffer church planting and persecution? And why would you do these things? What compels a man to give up everything and to serve others? Well, Jesus when Timothy came to Christ, Christ sent him out and Timothy willingly went. When Jesus changes our lives, we have to be prepared to be faithful to the call on our lives, whatever that might be. If God has called us to go and do something, then we have to go and do it. And it might not be easy and it might be difficult and you might wake up at two o'clock in the morning stressing, that's the call upon our lives. For some it is to give up everything and go and preach the gospel. That was my call 20 years ago. You know, I worked in engineering. I had a nice house and a company car and I had all of the comforts that I felt I needed to have. And God called me to Bible school and I sold everything and I went to Bible school with two small suitcases and that was it, my life possessions and in two bags thinking, what's happened with my life? But it, you just keep going. God's called you and, and here I am today, praising God every morning, rejoicing in all things. And I, as I look around this morning, I know God has 
put calls upon some of your lives, which are sometimes difficult. And we pray for you. And we're there for you. And I hope we can be a support like Timothy is to you. We have Emily Newfeld here this morning, who's given up her life to be a missionary. What compelled her? Well, we're going to find out next week when she comes and shares with us. But I hope the answer is Jesus, right? Yes, okay, good. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus changes lives. He saves lives. Thank you, by the way. Please let me be clear. Timothy was just an ordinary guy. The Bible tells us that he was timid. Paul gives him advice. He says, listen, when you're stressed and you, you, get a, you get anxious, take a little wine for your tummy. It's good for you, right? That's not my recommendation, by the way. That's what the Bible says for Timothy. It tells me that he's, 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 he's nervous. He's an ordinary person. And yet, because Christ has been working in and through his life, he's able to sacrificially care for others and to go and preach the gospel. He's an ordinary guy. He's a humble leader whom Jesus saved and has given up his life to serve Jesus. He's a perfect example of what it says in the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who are humble. This humble leader, all he wants to do is preach Jesus and serve Jesus and work with Paul. So this morning, as we look at Timothy and Epaphroditus, I trust we can learn some qualities that make for a good friend. You see, the question I'm asking in my mind is, okay, who is my Timothy in my life? Who's them people in my life who genuinely care for me? And I'm going to make sure that I appreciate them, never take them for granted, and that they know how much I care for them. But also this morning... I hope we all can be asking, who can I be a Timothy to? Who are those people in life that need a Timothy right now? What gifts has God given me where I can care upon somebody else? Paul says this. What can we learn from Timothy this morning? I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be chaired when I receive news about you. I think the first thing that we can learn about Timothy is that Timothy was reliable. Paul says he wants to send Timothy out. Why? Because he can trust him. Timothy has been the person who has followed Paul all over. Wherever he's journeyed, Paul has been let down by some other people as he's been going on his missionary journeys, but not Timothy. Timothy's been there through the thick and through the thin. Paul's in prison now. And who's with him? Timothy. I remember the first time I had to go to prison. Not me personally. I, let me rephrase that. Just in case you're doing some sort of police check or something. I mean, no. I remember the first time I had to go and visit somebody in prison. And it's terrifying to do that, right? And yet there's Timothy. He's just there with, with Paul. Regardless of the circumstances, he's there, he's consistent through the good times and through the bad times. In my life, other than my wife, how, how, how many people can I really say I can count upon 
in my life. There's a huge difference between a Facebook friend and a faithful friend. On our Facebook, how many friends have you got on Facebook, right? Hundreds. How many of them genuinely care for you? There's a big difference between a Facebook friend and a faithful friend. It says here in verse 22, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with the father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. He has been serving with Paul. He's reliable. That's the first thing we can learn from Timothy. First thing is that Timothy is reliable. The second thing we can learn is that Timothy is like-minded. Verse 20, it says, I have no one else like him. That is loaded with information. There's an expression, birds of a feather flock together. Timothy and Paul were like-minded in so many different ways. The New, uh, the new American Standard Bible says that they are kindred spirit. Kindred spirit, the Greek word for kindred spirit, or your Bible may say like-minded, the Greek word, Esopskopos is to mean knitted together. The Bible literally says here, for I have no one else like him, really means, it says, we are knitted together. Another example of the Bible would be in 1 Samuel 18 with David and Jonathan. And it says that their, their soul was knit together. Paul and Timothy are just like, like, like one together in spirit. They understand each other. These two men had the same passion and interest. They worked together in common for the same purpose. They were equally sold in Jesus. Hey, this will be us when we do the Love Duncan weekend, right? When we are together, rubbing shoulders together with a common purpose of sharing the love of Jesus in our community together. This was their objective. Paul and Timothy had the same goal. And at the end of 2 Timothy, Paul says of Timothy, listen, Timothy, you have followed my teaching. You've been obedient. You've continued to love and you've persevered. This is Paul's encouragement to Timothy as a pastor and later on in life. Who is your Timothy in your life? Who is your kindred spirit? Who is the person that you could care for? Verse 20 goes on and says, I have no one else like him who takes a genuine interest in your welfare. So we've learned that Paul is reliable, that Timothy is reliable, that he is like-minded with Paul, but he's genuinely caring upon Paul as well. He says he cares, genuinely cares for your own interests, for your own welfare. Jesus so changed Timothy's heart that he simply could not love, he simply could not, not love his brothers and sisters in Christ. He had a genuine heart for those who, for this, this church, he was a genuine pastor. He had a pastor's heart. 
And you plant churches and pastor churches and then be ripped out of that and start all over again. And he kept doing that because he had a genuine interest for those he was caring upon. He had a true servant-hearted style of leadership. If you want to love like Jesus loved, we have to allow Jesus to work in our lives. Remember last week, we looked at how Paul encourages us to keep working out our salvation. And we said that this was the present tense. There were three tenses of salvation. There was the past tense, which was justification. When we come to Christ, we have new life. We are born again. We have that opportunity to um, be uh, reconnected uh, with God the Father. And then the present tense of our uh, salvation is the sanctification where we're continuing to grow in Christ. And the third tense is the, is the future tense, which is our glorification, which is the, the time when we go to heaven and with God. And it's just a beautiful uh, eternity with the Lord. Timothy continues to grow in Jesus. He's growing more like Christ every day. And because of that, because he's growing in Christ, because he's becoming more like Christ, he continues to love others like Christ loved us. If we are saved in Jesus, like Butch said at the very beginning of the service, if we are saved, if we save and have Jesus in our lives, we become like Jesus more and more. And that requires us that will just flow out of us, this love for other people. If we know how much God loves us, then that compels us to go on to love others. But Paul observed, verse 21, for everyone looks after their own interests. He observed that there were some people who put their own interests first and not others. That some believers were too preoccupied with their own needs to spend time working for Christ. Who are they? Well, we don't know who they are. It could be other missionaries, could be other pastors, could be other congregants. We don't know. But Paul is saying that there are some people who put their own interests first above Christ. But not Timothy. Timothy puts you first. This is who Timothy was. He was reliable. Wait a minute. Thanks to you. He was reliable. He was like-minded. He genuinely cared for those around him. And the fourth thing that we can learn about Timothy here is that he had a great reputation. He says in verse 22, but you know that Timothy has proved himself because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. Timothy has continued to prove in himself how a son with a father, he has served with me in the gospel. He's continued, regardless of the circumstances, to preach the gospel, to work in the gospel, to establish these churches. He's tried and tested and he's passed. The word proved himself, document, that's the word in the Greek, document means to be tested. I remember in my city when Ikea first landed in the city and it was a big thing. Do, has anyone been to Ikea before? Ikea is great. What a wonderful store that is. And it first arrived and everybody was dead excited. And I remember going as a, as a young man. And I, I don't know, I went with my mom and she was like, come on, let's go and buy a candle or something. And we'll just check this place out. And so I don't know if you've ever been to Ikea, but it's like a big one-way system. 
And so you go and, I just want a candle, right? But you've got to go through the bed section first. And then you go through the wardrobe department. And then it takes you to the kitchen area. And I'm like, where's these candles, you know? And you've got to just keep going on around. And then it takes you to, you know, the plant section. And it just keeps going. And then you get to the end, you think, where's the candles? And you've got to start all over again, right? It's great. Ikea's a great place. And so I remember going as a little child, and you'd go, and they had these machines, these hydraulic arms. And I remember going to this, this hydraulic arm, and it was just pressing on this bouncing chair. And the whole point of it was it would just keep pushing this chair, uh, and it was testing this chair to, sh- to demonstrate that, um, you know, how many bums could sit on it, right? And it wouldn't snap, pretty much. And I had a little counter, and it was like hundreds of thousands of times that this arm had been pushing this chair, and the chair was still there, and it was working, and it was, it was doing its job. This is what the word document means, to be tested. Timothy's been tested and tested and tested, and he continues to be a faithful servant of God. That life of Christ is in him, and regardless of the circumstances, regardless of his own desires, regardless of the circumstances, he still follows Jesus. And this is what Paul is saying of a Christian. We have to be tested and continue to be tested because persecution and perseverance leads to what? The Bible says, character. And Timothy is full of character. This is why... Paul says to Timothy in the book of Timothy, chapter 2, the, the, the attributes of an elder. You should not appoint a new convert into eldership because they've not been tested. We don't know if the storm comes, whether they'll be able to stand up or not. Timothy has been tested in the gospel and continues to serve diligently of Jesus. So where do we stand in our faith when storms come? Are we rooted enough in Christ that we can stand like Timothy? Document, he's been tested and he's passed the test. Timothy understands the gospel, has sacrificed greatly for the sake of the gospel and has diligently served alongside Paul in proclaiming the gospel. You can count on him, Paul says, and so I'm going to send him. He's not grumbling. He's not going to go complaining about all sorts of stuff. But like he says in the beginning, in, the, in verse chapter 2, when he comes to you, he's going to shine like the star in the universe for Jesus Christ. Who's your Timothy in life? Someone that you can rely upon. Who's always there for you. Let them know how much you appreciate them. So let me flip that. Who is your Paul today, who are you at Timothy 2? Is there somebody that you can be caring upon this week, this month, and say, hey, I'm behind you. I've got your back. You can trust in me. And then Paul goes on and says, Epaphroditus. Verse 25, but I think it is necessary to send you Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus could have been an elder there from, and he's going to send him back. Epaphroditus nearly dies. He goes to visit Paul. He, he perhaps gives him the financial aid that he needs. And he's, he's supporting Paul. And he says, I'm going to send him back. He nearly died, this man. But I'm going to send him back. He's healed. He's better. 
I want to send it back. And Paul says this of Epaphroditus, and we're not going to go into too much depth. He says that he's my brother in Christ. He's a fellow worker. He's a fellow soldier. A soldier. We looked at that a few weeks ago. About you know, like the Romans together, they're stronger. He's a fellow soldier. We're battling here. You know, the Christian faith is a spiritual battle. We've got the enemy, the devil, wants to steal hearts away from Jesus. He wants to pull you away from a relationship with God. He says he's a soldier. And he's also a messenger of Jesus. That's Epaphroditus. Why were Timothy and Epaphroditus such excellent friends of Paul? How could they care for others? Jesus. Because Jesus had changed their lives. Because they'd accepted Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. You see, we will never really care for others until we see how much Jesus cares for us. We can never genuinely love others till we experience the love God has for us. Every day I wake up and I realize how much I need Jesus. Every day. And I've got to keep relying on him every day. And I need to keep allowing the Spirit of God to fill me every day. Epaphroditus nearly died in the service of Jesus. But let me tell you this, this morning, Jesus actually died for us so that we could have life now and forever. When Jesus becomes our savior, he brings us into a relationship with his father and we become children of God. And we are children of God by grace alone, in faith alone. But more than that, Jesus says in John 15, when you come to me, you will become my friend. In the Bible, I think there's only one character who's described as the friend of God. Does anybody know who that is? Abraham. Abraham is described as the friend of God. The only person, I think, in the Bible who's described as that. But here's the encouragement. Today in Christ, we are all friends of God in Jesus Christ. Do you know Jesus as your friend? If not, today would be a good day to make that happen. Nobody ever regretted coming to Jesus Christ. No one ever regretted allowing him to be their savior in their lives, receiving life now and forever. Here's my as we end this morning, the band come up. I want just to encourage us in this. Seek, serve, and follow Jesus. And I promise the number of Timothys in your life will just grow. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. And we thank you that there are examples in the Bible of people who just sacrificially give up everything, Lord, and, and serve and follow you. And that's not a calling for everybody, Lord, but it encourages us that we can serve others. Like Timothy and Epaphroditus served Paul. But I pray, Lord, Heavenly Father, above everything else, that as we grow in Jesus, as, the, as we grow in our love, Lord, that you have for us, that that love just pours out of our lives, Lord, into other people. Help us, Lord, as Christians to just 
love you and love others. It's as simple as that. But continue to fill us in your spirit, Lord, I pray. Oh, Lord, we love you so much. Amen.